Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Two. One. Fragments of silicon. Any twitch you may notice is not because of nerves. to a new season of Fragments of Silicon. Um, not quite the inaugural for either the year or the season or whatever, because we've already done a couple of reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the first um, formal, uh, old-school, regular alpha. We're calling them alpha episodes going forward. You know, to designate between those, the European interviews and the reviews. We've got three flavors of, it, of show these days. Mm, I, tasty apple. Kind of why we changed the uh, tagline of the broadcast. You now it's no longer the weekly vertical slice; it's the vertical slice. Yeah. Now, anyway, um, welcome to a new season of Fragments of Silicon, um, broadcasting live on Twitch. Um, for those of you just joining us, uh, we used to be an audio, uh, we used to be an audio-only podcast uh, on a site called TalkShoe up until very recently. Then that exploded, and now we're here. <laughs> we've gotten a, we've gotten an upgrade, and our distribution network is has expanded. Um, if you haven't heard this explanation before, let me walk you through it. Um, Twitch TV here is now our uh, broadcast kind of nerve center. And then um, this is where we record live, and that's where the first run stuff happens. And then um, the recorded version, um, the edited recorded version, because um, we, you know, Twitch has a raw version, but we also do a highlighted version. Um, that goes to our new YouTube um, archival site. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my account because right now we're using YouTube mainly as uh, for archiving purposes um, to make sure we don't lose anything. Uh, if YouTube becomes more than that, um, we'll let you know in the future. But right now, that's mainly for storage. You can still watch the shows there, but you can also watch them on Twitch. And we'll still be putting out a podcast version, an audio-only version of this show. Um, that's going to go up on the old Talk Shoe site. And thus, it's going to go to iTunes and um, Android, sort of, you know, through the workaround. We still haven't got, enough, uh, got up on Google, um, mainly because Mac has been very busy. Uh, more on that in a bit. But so that's, 
you know, that's kind of how the distribution work, uh, network is going right now. We've, we've spent a lot of time on this during the mm -hmm. break. So, anyway, I'm your host, Adam, and uh, joining me are Petty Fan. Yo, I run the tech, and I'm currently the one in who's logged in as the Fragment Silicon channel. Yeah, he, he's kind of the broadcast apparatus at this point. Yeah. Um, mainly because I handle the Skype stuff. And I'm not sure I could be able to do both um, on this computer. Yeah, so, your computer would explode, uh, he, probably. <laughs> it's possible, but let's not chance it. So, you know, we've got multiple people here, and this has always been a multiple people affair, so uh, duties get split. Um, anyway, uh, joining uh, with us, uh, Galix. Hi. Uh, I help out with uh, commentary and reviews and stuff, and uh, I have opinions. <laughs> and I'm in the chat, too. He's also the guy who um, does our cues. Yes, and I do the cues. Okay, that's good to know. Um, what? Sorry. Sh um, I can't really mention it, but uh, just a bit of a show note there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, and Twilight Winter is still with us? Yes. I'm Twilight Winter. I'm new guy who's been substituting for the other guy who's out right now, and yeah. I don't exactly have well, a role in this quite yet. <laughs> well, you're 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 going to be our officially designated backup. Yeah, I need to compile everything. Gonna need yeah. a zip file and throw it at you. Because <laughs> my computer isn't good enough to stream with. Usually, um, there's a fifth guy here, Elemental Ogre, but he's been out for the past six months um, like because, of, uh, because of dental issues. The good news on that is he's going to be coming back really soon. And I I'm like, I, I think this is the first time this can be mentioned on air anywhere. Like, I don't think even Naka's audience knows that um, Ogre's finally getting his teeth in next Monday. Yay. Yay. That doesn't mean he's coming back next Wednesday, mind you. Yeah. He, he's probably going to need a small amount of recovery time from that actual uh, operation. But the point is, his extended hiatus is rapidly coming to a close. It's, it's better than the nebulous, nebulous months it was before. Yes. Um... Anyway, so yeah, there's been there's been a lot of going on around here. It's been a busy time, mm -hmm. and we have a lot to do today. Um, Galix, you know what? We'll probably record another episode after this just to get the uh, just to get the best and worst of 2016 out of the way because we're not going to be able to do it in a regular show. Yeah, I didn't. I did. I didn't really expect to, but I don't want it to get missed since that's something that we usually try to do. Yeah, no, I know. I know. I'm just saying there's no room for it on the regular broadcast. Uh -huh. So especially oh, with this being a season premiere. Yeah. So yeah. And, anyway, um, on with the um, personal news. Uh, yeah, we have a like ten minute segment where we talk about our personal lives for a bit. Um, if you don't like that. Um, well, if you're listening to the live version, it's just something you have to bear with us. If you're listening to the recorded version, just skip ahead. Cough, cough. This is to let people filter in. Cough, cough. <laughs> anyway, um, 
Pennyman, you go first. Oh God, Christmas was pretty okay. I got a 3DS, a new 3DS from the family because mine was dying. I broke the circle pad on it, and the cartridge bay didn't want to read cartridges right. So those are bad things to have happen. So yeah. I've now got a brand new new 3DS XL, the one with the extra little joystick in it and the faster CPU. Mm-hmm. So I can now play any 3DS game, which is nice. What color? Black, but I'm going to be putting a skin on it. I haven't decided what one yet. If I'm going to get another Sonic skin like my other one had or get a custom one with my cats on it. Ah. And for myself, because I learned I don't need to have knee surgery, and because of not knowing that I was saving up money to possibly get a laptop, well, instead, I bought myself a PlayStation 4. So... Oh, man. Now we can review PS4 games if we ever get one. <laughs> don't expect a lot of those. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, from Bandai Namco, if we have, you know, get a chance from them and whatnot. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's just, you know, console posts is just harder to Right, get. right. Is they have to pay for that. Mm -hmm. um, so, anyway. that, been working on, we've been working on stuff for the show, like getting um, OBS and stuff set up to work good, so we're not... Oh, God. <laughs> we've also set up a Discord chat. For those of you in the recorded versions, it's hard to give out the link for that, so the best thing to do is go find me on Twitter. Uh, it's twitter.com slash pettyfan450, I believe, is what my handle is. And I have a um, link pinned, so you can just get to our Discord from that. But if you're listening to us on Twitch... If you scroll down to where the little panels are, there should be a link. Mm -hmm. um, outside yeah, and, of... Uh, uh, yeah, uh, let me interject here. Um, uh, the reason why we have a Discord server now is for the reviews. We're planning on using that service when we uh, record the reviews. So we're not disturbing everybody, you know, late on the Sunday evening. Uh, and more to the point, it's so that you guys can um, interact with us during the, uh, such times. Yeah, there's mm -hmm. things we're planning to do with it, like maybe make a question section for guests. But that's something yeah. we need to worry about first getting the Discord filled up with first. Uh, it's like, I don't see Discord ever being used for that, if only because not, you know more people have Skype for business than Discord. Well, I mean, no, just like if the fans have questions for a guest. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, anyway, uh, continue. Um, outside of that, not a whole lot's been going on. <laughs> you say that like there's actually been not a whole lot going on. Yeah, for once, the world hasn't been trying to do away with me. It's yeah, terrifying. for all those, t except for all those tons of things that are going on, there's not much going on. Well, yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah. most of the stuff that's going on is show-related. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, Galax, here you go. Uh, well, I had a nice holidays. I had a 
lo- good amount of time left over from work or vacation time, so I took like almost two whole weeks straight off, which actually was probably not the best idea. <laughs> but uh, since coming back, my uh, request to have my number of hours at work go up has actually gone through, so I should be getting more that way, and it shouldn't be too hard schedule-wise. I still don't have to go in early or anything. Or at least not what most people would call early, so. Uh, And it shouldn't interfere with our European interview schedule and stuff. Um, Video game-wise, aside from playing a little bit of the game we interviewed last time, and now I need to play the game we're interviewing, the game we're reviewing this weekend, um, uh, mostly I've been playing Pokemon uh, Sun and Moon because that's really fun, and I'm a super slow Pokemon player, so I am still pre- encounter with uh, cover legendary I've not some, even so. beaten the second island yet yeah, um, yeah but you've probably been playing more other things than I have well yeah did you know <laughs> is a really long game if I had a PlayStation 4 or Vita I would be playing that but I don't anyway uh, Twilight I think you're up hmm this year now uh Christmas was good, and of course, many my actual birthday came to pass. Oh man, not feeling all that old yet. <laughs> um, let's see now. Um, it's been getting well, not getting colder, but we finally had our first big snow here. And because of that first big snow, the cold weather just felt to strangle the last bit of life in my car battery, not to get a new one. Oh, oh, I. I saw you're posting about that. Yeah. And I've got that taken care of. Yeah. That's life. <laughs> It'll Jeez. try to take some money from you every bit, every now and then. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, besides that, um, not much else. Mm. Well, in, well, in terms of gaming, uh, they mostly playing Final Fantasy fourteen. Else. <laughs> uh, well, um, yeah. anything else? Nothing much else. All right. Um, I'd say it's my go, but well, you know, I, you already front loaded your stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's like you know that, that uh, you know that most of my news has been that like personal news. I've been dealing with some company. Um, they're leaving tomorrow, so uh, I've been on the couch for a while. Yeah, it's kind of how it goes. Um, yeah, I'm still on the couch because we haven't had a chance to fix my bed, but... Yeah, uh, I don't have a bed, so that's fortunate. Um, let's see. Um, in sadder news, I might have to end up getting rid of my cat because uh, he's losing a lot of hair, and... Mm-hmm. At once, and the uh, the long and short of it is, they want to subject uh, him to a battery of tests, expensive tests, and mm. it, that's just not happening. So, um, okay. you know, just some unfortunate truths there. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, finally, MSP. Uh, uh, Moonhawk Studios Presents is slated to come back next Wednesday, I believe. 
like um, premiere, you know, uh, season twelve. Yeah, season twelve. Jesus, we've uh, we'll been be... around a while. <laughs> yeah. we'll be and that's premiering... with like breaks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, season eleven took a year to get through, a year and a half. Something I, I, like honestly, that. It, it just, it just kept on going. Mm. But yeah, season twelve is on the horizon. Presumably, I say this because knowing Mac, things could get delayed. Because, well, here's the here's the thing: Mac is dealing with a lot of stuff this month. He's, uh, you know, he's got his big crowdfunding campaign happening. Um, I forget when the launch day is. I think he mentioned something there was like the premiere of MSP. Don't quote me on that. It's been a while since I've looked through the Skype chat. The point is, I know he wants to launch MSP around the same time, you know, in order to promote the crowdfunding, but it's also... A, I, I don't forget that, you know, he, he's kind of focused on the crowdfunding. Yeah. So things could get delayed. Like, don't forget we've use... been on this road before. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. I don't forget. So, you know, it's also, we're, all, we're he's supposed to be moving the show to YouTube, and we haven't really done anything in regards to testing there. Yeah. Yeah, like, since C aforementioned uh, talk show issues. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, it's also, I mentioned this in the chat, but I don't think um, Max saw this. Um, in order to live stream on YouTube, you need to have a verified account. Did you send him a private message about that, or? I did not. I'll probably, you know, it's like, I'll probably ding him when, you know, when he's around. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know exactly what, a, well, I do know what a verified account is, but I don't. I think uh, I like, just I've got never gray. had to deal with any YouTube stuff since I don't upload videos, so I got well, grandfathered like in because my account's from like two thousand six. Yeah, it's something I had to do um, in or with the YouTube Twitch hookup. Mm -hmm. As it turns out, if you don't have a verified account, you can't um, you can't send videos longer than fifteen minutes. Um, that, that's why that triple fifteen minute thing showed up in your thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's like, you know, that, that's why a lot of videos showed up on one day. It's like I was testing to make sure the apparatus was working. Yeah, but now I'll just be able to export the cuts and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all working. It's all working. Yes. You know, this is this is why testing is important. Indeed. Anyway, um, so yeah. Um, if everything goes right, we should be, um, we should be doubling up on the here next week um, like I said I still caution a delay because of all the stuff that's going on um, with Mac so we'll see what happens it's a show that's going to happen until it doesn't happen <laughs> is that the new MSP tagline no not officially anyway unofficially yes um, anyway, so merrily we shall roll along with the interview portion of our broadcast. And joining us this week um, is a good friend of the program. He's been on several times. I think well, this is number four, like, uh, at least. Might be. 
Next yeah, time you'll have enough punches in your card to get a free internet taco. <laughs> I just wake up drunk and end up on this show, so oh, you guys no. have to tell me. Yeah, it's like, ah, uh, this is the same kind of joke we have with all our long runners. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're pleased to welcome Audi to the program once more, and he's brought uh, along a uh, guest of his own, like a uh, new face here. Yeah, well, I'm Audi from Sakai Project. I've been here, you have to say, a few times before, I think. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we have Stephanie from Sakai Project with us, who just joined the company as a project manager. Yep, so I'm a new project manager at Sakai Project. Nice to meet everyone. Yes. Nice to meet you. Yeah, uh, well, how did you get attracted to Sakai Project? How, how did you end up here? Um, I worked previously with another company called Degica on Mublove. Uh, I ran that, was project manager there, and I was very interested in Sekai Project's um, titles, upcoming ones as well. So, you know, things happened and I got hired. Right, and so you manage like all of the projects at Sekai Project or like specific ones? Uh, I currently am in charge of specific ones. Obviously, you know, I'm still new, so they're not going to hand me all of them yet, thankfully. <laughs> makes sense, makes sense. And uh, what do you oversee? Oh, there's tiles that I can't really talk about, but, you know, um, there. I recently managed the PR campaign for Memories Dogma, which is a really fun title that I know that you'll probably be talking about on this show. Mm -hmm. Well, yes, because that is one of two Sekai uh, titles we reviewed uh, late last season. Mm -hmm. in, in fact, uh, we were going to talk about it with Audi uh, a few months back, but he got uh, delayed with something, and uh, that's why we're doing the interview now. Yeah, it was called pneumonia. It's actually uh, <laughs> quite sick, so... Uh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Anyway, but the first title we're going to talk about is the other title we, we reviewed... Uh, last season, and that's Neo no Kami, the two princess knights of Kyoto. Neo, did you say Neo? Kami. Yeah. 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 Sorry. It's not the program. Adam can't into Japanese. Yeah, yeah it's like he tries. It, it, it's like Bugs here. He's the guy who knows how to pronounce things in Japanese. I come back here several times, and you can't even say the name right. Come on. <laughs> oh. Anyway, yeah. anyway, all right. So, oh, and um, uh, Petty Fan, make sure the uh, the trailers are looping. They are. Okay, just making sure because I'm not watching the stream. Ah, so. uh, uh, resolution. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, um. So, uh, for those who don't know, what is uh, this particular title? Well, uh, yeah, we talked about it last time. This is our Yuri adventure from uh, mm. to place in Kyoto. Uh, for those who don't know, Yuri is um, kind of girl girl stories, you know, girl on girl, I should say. But this is um, uh, an adventure game between dimensions with all this uh, all female cast of heroes, and it's kind of. Um, it mixes a lot of different genres, which is kind of unique for visual novels, especially this type of story with um, fantasy, a bit of science fiction, and of course the interdimensional thing that's uh, in every anime right now. So <laughs> it's got a little bit of anything. 
It's a good excuse for having fancy things happen. I know. It just makes it all flashy and fun at some times. So. I'm always appreciative, uh, appreciative of a Yuri title that doesn't take place in high school. Now, there, there's a lot of, it, it's the like common setting for Yuri titles. And in anime all... in general. Yeah, but Yuri specifically because th there's a whole history about that that I really don't feel like getting into. Indeed, indeed. Anyway, um, so, oh, right. So not beating around the bush, so to speak. Um, yes, I know phrasing. But anyway, um, so Neo no Kami uh, <laughs> uh, has some explicit content. Okay, yeah. Um... Was it hard getting this title on Steam because of it? No, not at all. I mean, uh, with, as with most of our games, like for games to have explicit content, there's another company called Dempasoft that takes care of the adult version, whereas Sakai Project does the all ages version on Steam. So the game that you have on Steam is the all ages version. Okay. Uh, and well, more to the point, um, did. Did Steam have any objections to, you know, the fact that it, it's, you know, it's, it's an alternate version of a yeah. adult game? Yeah. Nope. I mean, for them, it doesn't matter. It's like having a different cut of a movie in different regions. So as long as it complies to, it goes with any partner. It's not like just Steam or anything. It goes with you do a console game, whatever. As long yeah. as it complies to the guidelines of that platform, it's no problem. So... For a game like Nanokami or any other game, as long as just um, the version, be the old ages version, has the necessary uh, either cuts, modifications, whatever, that goes along with their guidelines, you know, to them, it's just another product. Yeah, that makes sense. And I suppose we uh, should inquire um, exactly what is cut or what is censored in the Steam version of this title. Of Nanokami? Yes. Like, um, is it missing, like, is it missing certain scenes? Are, are they mosaic? Uh, that kind of deal? Oh, no, for, for all ages version, again, like, for Japan, in Japan you also have these distinct, uh, distinctive different versions. So there's all ages version, 18 plus version. So in the 18 plus version, you usually have uh, love scenes and such that um, needs to be trimmed for an old ages version. So for us, it wasn't a, like we just take the Japanese old ages version, translate it, put it on Steam. The old ages, uh, the 18 plus version, which has some of the, um, you know, a little bit more explicit content of uh, either um, character development scenes to say like like love making these kinds of things. Uh, that can go on Dempasoft. So, and that Dempasoft is a different company that deals with that. So you just separately localized an existing censored version, basically? Basically. Well, I mean, of course, Dempasoft is a subsidiary of Sakai Project. But, oh. like, we are two different companies, but um, we do work together on making sure that these games come out. Right. I, I get what you're saying. Like, uh, you're, the, you're the same... Uh, entity, but um, different divisions. Yeah, well, it's two different companies, yeah, but uh, come from the same ilk, yeah. Yeah. That is to say, like, Denposoft is its own thing, and you're your yeah. own. Yeah. 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 
and I, I've seen that elsewhere. Even like when they're, they're the owned by the same company, they're, they're different. But that, that's anyway. Um, I suppose the pertinent question when it comes to the all ages version is if you buy this, mm-hmm. um, will you be losing anything in terms of story or character if you don't have all of the scenes there? Uh, no, I wouldn't say so. With especially with a game like Nanokami, which builds these characters so well throughout the whole story, um, there's only a certain aspect of it that isn't explicitly shown in the All Ages version, but the character developments, the character relationships are still fully intact. So it's not like, oh, well, you, we missed out of like. It's not like you miss out a final boss in a Final Fantasy game. It's nothing like that. So there's more alluding to certain things that maybe, as in any other game, that a visual novel, like two different versions of a visual novel would have, that there's like some allusions to an event that took place and maybe in the 18 plus version you saw more of that. But no, you don't miss out on any story. There's no story point or plot points that get lost in that transition. That's good. That's good because um, we handled an, another visual novel of this nature that was all ages for Steam, and I think there was a lot more cut out of that version. Right. No. So that's always a concern. Mm. <clears throat> um, anyway, uh, let's see. Um, uh, is this the first uh, installment of something? of a series because I got to the end and right. it just it, it ended in a cliffhanger. Yeah, so for Nanokami we did a Indiegogo campaign uh, for two parts. So this is the first of two parts. Uh, part two is currently um, at the end of its production so it will be coming soon. But uh, yeah, definitely that cliffhanger is there because there is a continuation. That's what I thought. Yeah. Because, you know, it, it ends at a pretty climactic moment, and then it goes into um, extra stories. Right. So, yeah, definitely, uh, that's not going. It's not going to be Shenmue Three all over again. The <laughs> continuation is uh, right around the corner. So, uh, yeah, as I said, it's it's really right around the corner too. We are working on that, and part two is um, scheduled pretty soon. So, um, yeah, for the fans of Nanokami, just stay tuned. That will be uh, coming soon. Mm. Uh, uh, all right. So, moving forward, because we, <laughs> as always, you have a lot of products here. Yeah. So. Well, we're a publisher, so we better publish stuff. <laughs> yeah. It, it's also why we have you on our program pretty frequently. It's like, mm. the, 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 uh, I mean, just this list alone, it's. You know, at least like five, six titles. Like, mm. anyway. Um, so moving on to memory. Uh, uh, Give me if this I. This is an English word. You should be able to do it. <laughs> it's not, it's English, but it's a very k- clunky title. I'll be honest. It's memories dogma code zero one. Like right. code colon zero one. I'm sure uh, you can just say memories dogma, and we'll be happy. True, but I want to get the full title out there because I'm wondering, is this a allusion to something in the game? Or, you know, is uh, it... I can't really say anything about that because it does have some significance and I don't want to take it away from the developer what that means. So, okay. yeah. 
I guess yeah. kind of I just said something, but at the same time I said nothing. <laughs> cough, <laughs> cough, backs into the shadows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like it's an important designation because you know sometimes these titles mean stuff, and sometimes they are just random. Like right. I've encountered a lot of Japanese to English titles that don't actually mean anything, but it looks like they mean things. So, um, designations are important. Yeah. Right. Um, anyway, so this is uh, this title is a bit uh, less, you know, sexually explicit than our last one, but you know, it's still very sci-fi oriented. Um, and very mm, adventure-oriented. Uh, hello. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would, I would say that it was more, not quite cyberpunk, but pretty close to cyberpunk. I near cyberpunk or maybe post cyberpunk. Yeah. There's such a thing as post cyberpunk. I've heard the term. I think you just made that up. <laughs> like I said. Uh, I don't know, but I think it. I think they just designated that stuff for stuff that looks not like Blade Runner. Okay. <laughs> so science fiction is basically yeah. how you should define it, I guess. But yeah. Yeah, I'm like, it's cyberpunk-esque, definitely, mm. because it's dealing a lot with um, future technology and mega corporations and governments, right. uh, conspiracies and. Um, the you know the the nature of memory. Oh, there's a lot of uh, heady concepts going on here. Right. You know. Um. And I suppose the the question I have is, um, how hard was it to translate all of this into English? Because this this is operating on a higher level than other visual novels that we've played from you and others. That, that's not to denigrate, uh, like, say, Neo no, uh, the Prince's Knights, but mm. there's a lot more complicated stuff going on in uh, Memory's Dog. Um, I mean... <clears throat> all right, when, go ahead, sorry. <laughs> no, no problem. So I'll go first, but when translating any title, as you said, like, there's different plateaus of, like, how... Uh, in-depth a story goes in certain elements and uh, plot points. Um, but they all, it always comes down to the same thing, which is just the context of what's being said in Japanese. It can be hard to translate no matter what they're talking about. You have to kind of know, um, you have to really read into the emotion context of what this person in the game is saying. So whether or not they're talking about something sci-fi or whether or not they're talking about something fantasy, whether or not they're talking about emotions of love, of um, friendship, all these things, it always comes down to just how the intent of what they're saying and then being able to translate that into English as the best as possible because that isn't easy no matter what the, um, no matter what the topic is. That's a fair point. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, Stephanie. On my end, uh, Memories Dogma has a lot of fun ideas in terms of concepts of near future uh, technologies. So, 
Um, from what I can tell, a lot of the technologies presented in Memories Dogma are done in such a way that it seems pretty realistic, and um, there's a lot of technical terms that we've had to translate as well. But if you take a closer look at these terms and technologies, it's pretty sound. So um, when I talked with the translator who did the translation for this, um, I know that he was personally astounded by the amount of detail that the creator and studio at LizArts made on this game. So I think it's definitely something to pay attention to. So like while the terms were sometimes a bit hard to um, translate, uh, it definitely pays off in the end. Uh, I can imagine. Um... And how long did it take to translate this particular title? Uh, I am not exactly sure because I came to Sekai Project a bit after the translation was completed. Uh, I can't remember a specific time for this. I mean, it took a while just because of like what Stephanie was talking about, some uh, the different terms and stuff and the technology of it all was just kind of like a bit baffling, but yeah, I can't remember the timeline of this particular translation. Uh, anyway, uh, shifting over to actual mechanics, because um, this, uh, this title actually has some uh, interactivity in it. Uh, in fact, it had a bit more than I was expecting. Right. You know, um, so for those who don't know, uh, like, uh, yeah, th this is a this is a title where you will be making choices, and uh, I'm wondering how profound are the choices here? That depends on the choice, and um, I would say that every choice is important, even though I'm sure in game some might feel less and some might feel kind of inconsequential, but. Uh, you have to make the right choices in time to reach to um, the truth, basically, of that uh, particular story. So uh, you, you need to read, you need to kind of pay a bit of uh, attention because those choices are important. Indeed, I, I definitely encountered some of those and some right. seem more trivial. Uh, also of interest is their uh, times. Like, um, you have about, what, 30, 45 seconds to make a choice. Yeah. Or else um, it makes a choice for you. Yeah. So it's like I mentioned that, like, you have to kind of pay attention and make the proper choice in time so that uh, you reach to the end. Or uh, there are several endings to this game, and uh, one is good, I guess we can say in quotation, and the rest aren't necessarily um, the right truth to uh, what you've been reading so yeah uh, the timing aspect is there to basically keep the uh, reader on its feet and get the story progressing uh, the way they want it uh, makes sense anyway I rather enjoyed uh, what I played of it hmm. now, uh, you know, it's, I haven't finished it yet, but that's mainly because you know, there's always something else to play. Uh, it's just kind of something that comes with this territory. Uh, anyway, uh, before moving on to 
completely new projects, uh, there's an old friend we have to visit in Rabbi Ribby. Oh, yeah. Because, um, yeah, because you're uh, putting out a physical edition, correct? Yeah, we just put it out for pre-order. The, the physical edition will be sent out to those who pre-ordered in March. But, yeah, we are doing a... By popular demand, we're doing a physical print for the PC version, which will include postcards, um, badges, art book, soundtrack CD, all these wonderful things that you can smell when you open it. And uh, it will only be a thousand copies available of this game. And we are not planning on doing any more runs because uh, it's quite expensive to print big PC boxes these days. Oh, it's so a big for box. Your, it's a pretty big box, if you remember back to the days of, like, uh, in, in late 90s with the PC games coming in, like, these big uh, cardboard boxes. It's oh, kind of like that, just much nicer. Wow. I, I do remember. Um, who did you use uh, to print uh, this uh, edition? I, have no, I, I don't know. I'm not in the printing service uh, at our company, but uh, I believe it was a Japanese company. Uh, I can't really say. But um, I have the box, and it looks fantastic, and uh, it is made of cardboard. That's the important part. So. Uh, and so uh, it's possible to get one of these, like, now, correct? Yeah, there's a few left. If you go on our website to skyproject.com slash shop, it's up there for pre-order right now. Um, we really should have a ticker for how many copies are left, but uh, right now it's still available. I don't know how many we have left, but it's running out because uh, it is uh, one of our more popular games. That makes sense. That makes sense. And you know, a thousand isn't exactly a. Uh, I mean, I suppose it's large in terms of a game like Rabbi Ribby, but in terms of you know, putting out an an addition, it's small. It's it's. Yeah, it's one of the lower runs you really can do. So, uh, for like a limited console run, it's usually like three thousand or something. And here, we're only doing a thousand on our own. So, uh, and it comes fully packed with so many things, as I mentioned. Yeah, those so, of you who uh, are watching on the Twitch stream, I actually have a image of what's all included in it. Oh, wonderful! Yeah. So, if you look at the image, you'll see that the soundtrack CD. Art book and everything is included. That's a hundred plus page art book as well, so it's pretty fully packed. Uh, is it the same as the digital art book that's on Steam? It, yeah, it is the same as that, just a um, printed version. And the soundtrack uh, features some new arrangements from uh, Daniel Brown. So there, there are some uh, pretty neat stuff in there. And um, and shifting a bit, um, Rabbit Ribby also got some DLC a few months back, uh, a Halloween-themed DLC. It got Halloween and uh, Christmas, I believe. Mm. So, yeah, the developer of that, Crespirit, are really on top of the game, and they just uh, keep supporting that game. And uh, there's, there's a reason why it's one of our more popular titles. It's just really a solid, wonderful Metroidvania-type game, which mm. is one of my favorite genres. So for me, just as a fan, it's just uh, wonderful to see that game continue to blossom like it does. I will say, it, it seems to surprise people because, well, they're not expecting the bullet hell portion. <laughs> yeah, that's No one expects what, uh, the bullet hell portion. <laughs> that's usually the feedback I get as well when I talk to fans at conventions. It's like, oh, you know, I came in for Metrovania, but I was, you know, baffled by the uh, Tohu. 
and uh, so that bullet hell portion is really fun. And um, it, it, for me, it's fun to also see that it's actually a Taiwanese, you know, independent developer, but it, it has so many elements from like Western game design and Japanese game design to make like this really a wonderful love letter to uh, Metroid and Castlevania, those types of games, and Tohu. So it's fun to see all those elements brought together in such a great game. Indeed. And um, I'm not sure if you can talk about this or uh, not, but uh, Warren's asking anyway. Um, do you foresee any more DLC for the game, or um, I don't know uh, about, is I don't like, know about DLCs. That will be up to the developer. Uh, but we are doing the console versions for Ruby Ruby, which will be coming out. Um, uh, we have it. I think uh, it should probably reach this year uh, to PlayStation Vita and PlayStation 4. So if anything, fans will be able to play it on their favorite uh, console coming very soon. Hmm. I think we talked about the console versions last time, right? Yeah. 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 Um, well, and to reiterate, uh, those are also getting a print run from limited run correct yeah so ruby and fault milestone which will be our first game coming out will be getting uh, limited runs so um and those usually go uh, out of stock within minutes so i hope you fans are ready for f5 but godspeed yeah the it's uh, just getting crazier and crazier per release so it's going to be interesting to see it when uh, we finally come up on the uh, chopping block Indeed. Um, anyway, so speaking of action games, uh, you've got this new one called Magical Cross Spiral. Is that yeah, it? Magical X Spiral, Magical Cross Spiral. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, I've been told that the X is called. Uh, you pronounce it cross. Yeah, it is cross, but some people come up to me and say X, so I kind of oh, have yeah. to be flexible on it. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, anyway, so uh, this is a new action title, correct? Yep. Straight from Japan. Yeah. And um, what kind of action? Like, is it a platformer? Is it a brawler? Is it a Metroidvania? So this is actually more of, yeah, of a tower platformer. Um, if there's any Europeans watching, the closest I can kind of come up with is Pandemonium, which is this uh, crazy... Uh, 2D platformer on the PlayStation with uh, 3D graphics where you kind of continue to climb. And this game is very similar to that in that it uh, plays on a 2D plane where you have to avoid uh, all these different elemental dangers and enemies and whatnot climbing upwards. So it uh, requires, you know, a lot of action, but also a lot of reflexes. Looking at the trailer here, it also kind of reminds me of Klonoa. Yeah, Klonoa is also one of those, like, kind of tower... Platform. I don't know if tower platformer is something I just made up, or if it actually exists. It probably but... is, but hey, new genre is born. Yeah, I just made a new genre. That's what I do every day. But um, yeah, Klonoa, Pandemonium, those kinds of games where uh, 3D worlds played in a, uh, on a 2D plane, uh, usually climbing upwards. Um, Let's resist to so. make the 2.5D joke. <laughs> hey, just make it. I don't know what it is, but I'm sure it will make me laugh. Well, no, it was like, yeah, um, yeah. I forget who we, who the person was. It's just like, whenever games 2.5D, it has like a whole big old big voice and like 
3D letters come up on the screen like 2.5D something like that. Yeah, and for, yeah, for those who uh, are listening to the podcast version of this uh, broadcast, um, the game is has 2D sprites, uh, but it's got a 3D uh, world, a poly, a polygonal world, like you know most modern Nintendo titles. Um, now, is this a Dojin game? Oh, definitely. This is a Dojin game, and a uh, really good representation of a Dojin game. Um, this is made by a very small team in Japan and uh, has, you know, Clonoa is probably a much better example than Pandemonium. I'm not sure why I brought that up. <laughs> I'm probably the only person to ever play that game. But uh, it, it Japanese doujin is really this wonderful little community, or rather large community, but where they take a game like Clonoa, that kind of genre, and still breathes new life into it and magical cross-spiral. As you said, like, really fun, just kind of like throwback to that but it does have some you know new 3d graphics and kind of reflects today's gaming designs um in what fashion like yeah, how does it reflect the designs of today uh mostly with the elemental magic and the elemental hazards of the game whereas you know klonoa it's a bit more just platformery with like the, you know timing with the enemies just kind of like okay you know straightforward here you have to plan out your attacks a little bit more there's a little bit more going on because with a 3d world with today's engines there's a little bit more you can actually do dynamically with the world you're actually uh, traversing uh anyway uh uh so what is the story of magical spiral Oh, I couldn't tell you. I have no idea. <laughs> I just played it, so uh, that's the that's the best PR answer I ever given you. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but uh, it is a girl. It's a very cute girl who has to um, rid the world of evil. Let's just say that. So every anime ever it that is, involved a female every protagonist. Game, yes, it is every anime and game ever made in one game. <laughs> Like, and um, what what is the salamander like that I keep seeing the, in the images here? There's a salamander. Well, it's an animal. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do I need to bring the trailer it's back up? The <laughs> yeah. Salamander. And Wikipedia would probably give you a really good answer what a salamander is. Uh, it, it, the magical familiar. Magical familiar. Huh? Well, I would suggest to play the game to figure out because I have no idea. I haven't played that far to know. <laughs> okay. Uh, and we have our other guest probably head desking over there. Yeah. She should be. There's a reason why I'm muted. Yeah. So that we don't hear my head, you know, hitting the desk a couple times. You're not avoiding the car cars anymore. You're just uh, standing in the middle of the road waiting now. Yes. Take me. Uh, take me, please. Um, but, you know, Magical Spiral is uh, actually about a student magician mage uh, named Midian Farita. It's a very complicated name, I know. Uh, she's kind of like exploring a tower, you know, and kind of 
taking a break from her studies in that way. So you're just pretty much exploring a tower. It's uh, quite a fun little game. Hmm. And is it like... That's pretty much what I said, though. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Um, and how long is the game? Because I, I, I've seen some of the Steam reviews, and they seem to complain about a short length. Uh, I have not played through it all the way, unfortunately. Well, so it's not the longest game. That is true. But as we mentioned, this is a Dojin game. Uh, so it's made by a very small team. And I think in their mind, it was more about replayability to kind of uh, get your points up, get your stats up quickly. And not so much the length of the game, but more just kind of going back every single time and improving yourself. Kind of like more retro games. So, um, whereas I, I understand today that gamers kind of feel like if a game ends too quickly, it's too short, but it was more minded towards a more retro philosophy of just kind of improving your runs every time, like a speed run. Yeah, there's a result screen. For a game to be shorter if it's intended to be played multiple times. Yeah, because like if you have to go through like 62 worlds every single time, then... Uh, you gotta go tired of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, indeed, jeez, uh, there's just so much here, uh, and we got um, okay. World end in Camienda. No, come on, come on. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking of a Spanish word. Yeah, okay. Ecun. Yeah, Echo Alex. Um, show it to me. World and Economica? That's not the correct. <laughs> World and Economica. Yes. Uh, Economica, okay. Yeah, it it sounded it's like it's that's what you were going for, but I wasn't sure. Economica. Words. How right, many Westerners does it take to pronounce Japanese world? word? <laughs> this isn't even Japanese, it's like Latin. Whoa. It's like Greekized English or something. Yeah. Anyway, and this is apparently the third episode that got released a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, finally. Uh, people have been waiting a lot for the uh, conclusion to the story. Uh, World and Economico was one of our earlier successes. So um, it's kind of like one of those fan bases that's remained really strong throughout the years for us. Right, and um, for those who don't know, this is from uh, the author of Spice and Wolf. Yeah, it is by Isuna yeah, Hasakura. Well, that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> seems to like economics. Yeah, he yeah, likes like... economics and uh, philosophy, so uh, you'll get a lot of both in this game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, sadly, I don't think we'll ever see that third season of Spice and Wolf. Uh, right after the heat death of the universe. <laughs> uh, no, uh, tell me about it. Like... <laughs> uh, but, and this is the last chapter, correct? This is the last chapter, yes. Alright, uh, sorry if I'm not asking as many questions here, but like I said, there's a few more here, and I gotta, gotta get to them. Like, a magical high school girl, and love mm. guitars, and the Nashville skyline. Um, what are these titles? Oh, you cut out. Uh, one more time. Yeah, I heard a magical high school girl. Yeah, uh, a magical high school girl and love guitars in the Nashville skyline. All right, all right. So, a magical high school girl, uh, again, is not what people typically expect from us. It is actually a uh, dungeon crawler or roguelike, I think people in the U.S. like to say. 
kind of RPG game, which uh, where you play a girl that's uh, going home from home from high school, and uh, in this game you create new spells and attacks by the words you spell out. So when you get a new um, a new attack, a new uh, magic spell, you have to actually name that, and the game takes that name that you plotted in and actually generates a magic spell from that. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. So how and, big of a uh, like how big of a pool of effects does it draw from? It's quite extensive, actually. I was very surprised when I tested this game. Uh, just a wide variety of um, magic spells I could come up with. So, and I, I wouldn't even know how that tech truly works to make those all these different distinctions, but I'm guessing it draws something out of those words and letters and uh, uh, make something from it. So, yeah, no matter what you kind of plot in, uh, almost every uh, time it will be a different result. And um, the uh, <clears throat> love guitars in the Nashville skyline. Yeah, it's something as interesting as a country song beauty adventure, visual novel adventure. So is yeah, as its title suggests, Nashville music and uh, female romance. <laughs> That's an interesting. Is it? It's Japanese in origin. Yeah, it actually is. So hmm. you kind of get a. Japanese take on what on what country music is in the, in America, which is uh, kind of interesting. I'm not sure how authentic it is, but uh, great music. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it actually like country music? <laughs> um, like, how should I say that? I mean, it definitely it is, and. Uh, I mean, the story is more guided by the country music elements, to say it like that. It kind of follows these kind of tropes of country music a little bit, this uh, romance between these characters. Mm. So uh, it's a huge departure because that uh, company, Cosmilica, uh, made the um, Adam Girl earlier, and this is quite the stark contrast to that game. Hmm. Uh, yeah, having, you know, would like to play this sometime. Oh, you should. Uh, anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, you've got a Kickstarter or a crowdfunding project uh, running uh, right now, correct? Uh, that is correct. Um, that's uh, the Neko Ranpa. <laughs> oh, Lord, man. Sorry, I'm not even looking at this one, so I, I have no idea. I'm just looking at job listings because the company will fire me after this. So. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> yeah, so we are running a crowdfunder for the Nekopara uh, OVA, the animated uh, animated feature of the Nekopara. Uh, and it just, I think, uh, reached its latest stretch goal. Uh, not stretch goal, but it reaches, yeah, it's gold. For, uh, so we hit our goal within like 40 minutes, I think, which was $200,000 uh, for a short, an animated short. And for each 100K after that, we would add 10 minutes. And now we are at the total of 60 minutes, which is the uh, longest length we could offer for this. So it will be a fully featured uh, animated movie. So that was sort of the original goal. 
yeah, time. part of the yeah, part of the original goal uh, to see if it could make it that far, and then with the support of fans, it did in record time. Because we still have a ways to go, so there's a lot more exciting things that will happen with this campaign. Now, is this just a localization of it, or is it actual? This is uh, no, this is this is for creating it. This is for the production of a Nekopara, uh animated uh, thingy. So uh, there will be now, thanks to the fans, there will be localization into several um, languages and stuff eventually. So. But for this, it is to make a English subtitled uh, animated movie in Japan. Right, and um, for those who are wondering, uh, currently it's a bit over uh, five hundred thousand dollars. Yep, and five hundred thousand was the sixty-minute goal. And it's got thirty days as of this uh, broadcast, yep. so. There's still plenty of time to donate to it if you wish. Oh, absolutely. Uh, there's lots of different rewards for this one. So for Defense of Nekopara, this is a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what is the next uh, stretch goal to be reached? Uh, how much and uh, what will be added? I can't really say what will be added. Uh, we are discussing it. So, uh, but what will be added will be revealed soon. So we are talking of all the partners currently, and uh, we have some great ideas. So there's a lot more to be excited about, because this, as you mentioned, there's 30 days left, and we certainly aren't done. Indeed. Uh, anyway, so aside from that, are there any upcoming titles you wish to talk about at this time? Upcoming? Uh, I would like to mention that we did release a new IP because uh, often, you know, we do translate games that are previously existing in Japan to bring it to the Western audience. But we did create a new IP called uh, Japanese School Life, and uh, that is currently available on Steam. That's a really fun little, uh, not too long of a visual novel about kind of like a school life in Japan, learning about Japanese culture pop culture, these kinds of things. So it's a little wonderful title that we put out and uh, I would suggest for people to check that out because the art is really lovely. So, uh, and really fun humor in that game too. It's uh, Writing is really clever. Uh, upcoming, I'm sure Stephanie could uh, talk more about Upcoming. Uh, let's see, we recently had a demo go out for an English original novel called Walkerman. And uh, there's honestly quite a few titles um, in development. Yeah. So, yeah, it's yeah, kind of problem, hard to. The, the problem with that question is not that we don't have anything coming. We have so much, but we can't talk about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, it's a little bit hard. We can't really leak anything right now. Uh, understandable, understandable. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it's like uh, I suppose that will conclude things for this uh, session. Now it's like, as always, it's uh, been good having you on the program. No, and, fine. Uh, about. Um, New titles that have been released in. Uh, what was that, Adam? You you yeah, drowned out. I think, out for I think you there. disappeared off the face of the earth for a bit there. Oh, that, that was odd. 
<laughs> I, I don't know what happened there. Uh, anyway, like as I was saying, um, if you want to come back, say, March 1st, uh, we'll be happy to have you. Yeah, I'm sure something can be set up. Uh, currently, right. I'm working on the console stuff, so by then, I'm sure there's some exciting news about that. So, uh, yeah, just hit me up. All right, um, I'll put you down tentatively. Mm -hmm. um, and um, once again, thank you for taking time out of your schedule for joining uh, us this week. Now, uh, sorry about a bit of the rough patch. <laughs> I am terrible at pronouncing Japanese uh, game titles. If anything, you just gave us a lot of ideas for new games. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, uh, so uh, Sekai Project, be sure to check out their various uh, products on Steam uh, and uh, other places, uh, depending on the title. Yeah, yeah just go to SekaiProject.com. We have a running blog that updates all the time with new projects. And uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Sekai Project, and you'll get the news news. And uh, if you're interested in Rabbit Ruby, do pick a copy up because there's not many left. So, all right, Petty Fan, play us to the next segment. All right. Um, once again, for those who are new to the broadcast, uh, this is the second part of our program. Uh, it's called the topic of discussion. Um, it's independent of uh, any interview, uh, interviews and guests. Usually, the guests clear out by um, by this point. Indeed, uh, they have already departed. So, this is where we'll discuss a thing going, either a event going on in the video game industry. Like next week, we'll be talking about the Nintendo Switch because who will be talking about the Nintendo Switch? Because, yeah, the Nintendo Switch is going to be um, fully revealed tomorrow. And that's, a, you know, that's the kind of thing we discuss. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, there's a big event. Um, this week we're discussing Sonic the Hedgehog 2 because we just came back from uh, vacation and there's fuck all going on right mm -hmm. now. Well, except, we for, except for GDQ and we've already talked about speedrunning. Yeah. It's like... Um, if we were doing this show on Friday, yeah, we'd be talking about the Switch stuff then. But we're doing it on a Wednesday. The Switch information hasn't been formally released yet. There's been a lot of leaks, quote unquote. You know, a lot of rumors. They may be true. They may not be. Like, uh, you we'll know, like find the, out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, like the Rabbids Mario RPG thing. Like, that's still weird. Anyway, um, it has Rabbids in it. It's gonna be weird. Yeah. Anyway, so Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Petty Fan, you take this away. Oh, boy. All right. This is the Sonic game that I actually played. This is the Sonic game my favorite character of the franchise is from. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm pretty sure all of us know about Sonic 1. It got popular, so a sequel was incoming. That sequel was Sonic 2, released back in 1992. And I believe it was, like, the one of the highest-selling games of all time, especially for the Genesis.
Hello? I don't know. I don't have the. I don't know the numbers in front of me. But I know it sold. But a lot. I would not. I would not be surprised. Yeah. Like, um, a lot of people today think, still believe that Sonic Two is the best um, 2D Sonic game. Well, there aren't that many to shoot. Well, there aren't too many classic ones to choose from. I don't think most people would say that the first one is the best. Yeah, because the thing about the second one is they added in the spin dash. So, for those of you who don't know, the spin dash is basically where you curl up in a ball and gain speed as Sonic. And then you just release it and go. Yeah, in the first game, you could roll up into a ball and you'd have more momentum that way. But you had to start out running and then duck while you were running to curl into a ball. The spin dash lets you gain momentum instantly by basically revving up yeah. and then releasing into that. The important part about this one is it was a rev spin dash. Um, Sonic, 2, or Sonic 3, I believe, is a charge where you just... You just kind of sit holding the button, and it'll just go after a certain mm -hmm. amount of time. Or at least be at max charge. But yeah, between, between that, um, the addition of a uh, invincible two-player mode. Yeah. The... Like, there's a, like, if you're playing and your little brother wants to play, and you have another controller, you can plug in and they can control Tails, who is introduced in this game. Yeah, Tails, the two-tailed flying fox who has, since then, always been Sonic's companion. Mm-hmm. I forget how old Tails is supposed to be. Depending He's not on very what old. Game. Sonic is 16, so... Yeah. I think... Last I saw was Sonic Heroes, Tails was about 12. And that's the last official yeah. age I think they gave him, at least in the games. In like the comics, mm -hmm. I think he's like in his early 20s. What, well, Tails? Now in the comics. I don't know. The comics have had a couple of reboots, so it well, might not have been consistent. Yeah. Well, yeah, last I heard about the comics is Tails had a kid, so... Oh. Well, they had a future timeline thing, so yeah. I have no idea. The comics' universe gets messed up so much, it's hard yeah. to say, really. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, remember, I remember Sonic 2 pretty well, because... Uh, my cousin had Sonic 2 and Sonic and & Knuckles, which Sonic & Knuckles is better known as half of Sonic 3, so... Yeah. Although, actually, they do still have... There is a lock-on feature. You can combine Sonic 2 with Sonic and & Knuckles and play as Knuckles in Sonic 2, which is interesting yes. because uh, one of the interesting things about these early games is they have a lot of really varied and complex stage designs that you normally don't get to see all of because you're going by very fast but with knuckles is a uh, gliding and climbing ability there are a lot of interesting places you can find mm -hmm. granted there are also places that'll instantly kill you if you're not careful because <laughs> you're not supposed yeah, to knuckles, be here yeah and knuckles can't jump as well as sonic so yeah uh this game also 
cut down slightly the uh it introduced having a boss no it didn't Sonic it and Knuckles took out the third Sonic act yeah it 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 replaced the in the first game there were two acts and then an act that had a boss at the end and this one it's just the bosses of each zone is at the end of act two mm -hmm. which is um sort of helps finesse things a little bit also i think this game generally the first game had a surprising number of spots where you kind of had to slow down a lot this game has fewer of those yeah and also you can gain speed instantly because of the speed dash right um There's i actually never got why this, this speed dash is now in every 2d sonic game including the remaster of the original mm-hmm Uh, this also is the game that introduced, I believe, the uh, most infamous Sonic bonus stage. Oh, the half pipe? Yep. Yep. It's not the most infamous, but it's certainly the most overused. That's true. Yeah. It's it's not the most infamous in the sense of the one that people dislike the most, because there's always... Because, yeah, infamous carries a sense of dislike, and that, that's probably between... I think I know, Sonic the first, the, 1 holds that distinction because... Yeah, Sonic oh. 1's tilting pinball thing tends to make people, uh... Tilted? <laughs> yeah, it, it, some people get legit motion sickness from that, and that's not cool. Yeah. But Good. certainly the half-pipe is the one that comes back the most, which is something to say, because a lot of people would like to see the, uh... Sonic 3 and Knuckles, the uh, planet will grab the orbs thing more mm -hmm. often than... But I guess the half-pipe with the bombs and the collect the balls is pretty easy to uh, come up with new variations of. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. As someone who's played both, how do you compare the bosses in this one to the first one? Um, from what I remember... Um, Sonic 2, some of the bosses have a lot more ways to just outright kill you. Like the, um, hilltop zone, you have to jump over lava pits, um, chemical plant, you, you will eventually lose the floor underneath you, stuff like that. Oh yeah, that's why I never made it past chemical plant zone. Uh, or except for like once or twice and then I died early in the next one to arrows uh, yeah. it's not that you lose the floor I think it's like there are three blocks on each end that yeah it's that been dump a while you every... I played Sonic yeah. 2 but yeah I do but yeah that, that's a pain also the final boss of Sonic 2 you have to do it without rings so godspeed <laughs> uh -huh. yeah. there's also there's also Hmm? There's an easy way to take him, uh, the, the, what, Death Egg robot? Well, you also have to deal with Down. Metal Sonic, too. Yeah. It's Metal Sonic's Silver the hard part. Sonic. Well, yeah. Silver Sonic. One yeah, of the Sonics Sonic. that is that is a robot. Yeah. Yeah. No, this, this one's pretty easy to remember. Silver Sonic is, sil you know, is Silver. Metal right. Sonic uh, debuted in Sonic CD. Oh, yeah. There's also Mecha Sonic in Sonic 3. Yeah, Dr. Robotnik made at least three um, robotic Sonic clones. Yes. He might have a small uh, fixation. Yeah. Well, 
we're not going to go into uh, Sonic Heroes because that's a kettle of fish for another time. Because oh boy, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it's like the, the yeah the the metal Sonics the people people remember, mm -hmm. but Silver Sonic was this game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he was he was the hard part of the final boss. Death Egg isn't that bad, but Silver yeah. Sonic is kind of the hard part. Like, at least your first couple times. Well, that depends on what character you're using, because um, if you're playing as Knuckles, the final boss takes forever to kill, because he'll glide right into those uh, spiky robotic arms. Almost like you weren't supposed to do that as Knuckles. Yeah. Well, it's like the, the boss was built before Knuckles was a, con uh, was a concept. So, but, yeah. Also, yeah, I guess something to note is you can play as Tails in this game, but he's basically a reskinned Sonic. Yeah, yeah Sonic 3 was the one that introduced the different characters. Well, Sonic 3 or Sonic and Knuckles is the one that really introduced the three characters, Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles, having differences in their control. Tails still flies when he's an NPC in this one, but you can't fly when you're controlling him. Well, I think if you're the second player, you can, but... If you solo as Tails, you're just basically Sonic. Yeah, it's worth noting that there is a, a two-player mode in the sense that uh, player two can play as Tails. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And since Tails is invincible, um, you have a meat shield. <laughs> yeah. You have a meat shield, but there are also some downsides to that because Tails can also get you killed, whether it's when someone else is controlling him if they yeah. jump on a boss and then you are expecting to jump on the boss but the boss has invisibility frames so you go through it and land in the, either the uh, lava or the bottomless pit or the water mm -hmm. uh, I'm like also he's going to fuck you over in the special stages <laughs> yeah cause he, he can collect he can collect uh, rings for you he can but also he can hit also, bombs yeah and I was about to say he can also lose rings for you so and he's and he's way and you're way more likely to accidentally barely miss a bomb and have tails hit it than you are to accidentally barely miss a necessary ring and have tails get it for you. Yeah, that's yes. why when they the, when they reuse the half pipe stage, tails sticks to you like glue. <laughs> I wonder why they did that. <laughs> Um, anyway, so... It's also the game that introduced Super Sonic, I think, isn't it? Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Super Sonic was and the seventh, And the seventh Chaos Emerald. There were only six in the first game. Yeah. Well, of course, that's why you couldn't have Super Sonic, because they were, you only got six of the Chaos Emeralds. I think the whole thing with that was, is Robotnik had the seventh... Might be. I honestly don't know. I, I don't remember the instruction manual for Sonic 1, but I vaguely remember that Robotnik had it and you were getting the other ones to try and foil his plan. So, the creation of Sonic 2 is an interesting one um, because so, uh, Yuji Naka ended up uh, bringing half of Sonic Team here to the States to work on uh, Sonic 2 
in conjunction with the uh, the American Sega developer, uh, Sega Technical Institute. Um, he felt constrained by the Japanese home office, and so he wanted to get away from that. Plus, I think, uh, plus I think he was having um, issues with um, the co-creator, the actual creator of Sonic, like the guy who designed it. Um, name escapes me. Um, I have to look this up because it's like Naoto or shit. I hate when this happens now. There's this, uh, you know, name on the tip of your tongue, but you can't remember it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but I didn't remember. I'm like, but. Uh, he the, he was leading the other half of Sonic Team um, on the development of Sonic CD. Yeah, yeah, that's the guy. That's interesting because uh, one uh, out of Sonic Two and Sonic Team, one of those things definitely has a uh, more influential and. Uh, is much more thought of. Like, people don't usually think badly of Sonic CD. They just don't usually think of it. Well, other than Metal Sonic. Yeah. Like, it wasn't till um, Lost World that the figure eight came back. Mm-hmm. The Super Peel? Yep. Yeah, Super Peel out, which is notable. Well, the reason you call it the figure eight is because that's the notable thing about it is that's what Sonic does with his legs. Yeah. Well, he also does yeah, a figure eight at maximum works. speed, even without using Super Peel Out. In CD? Yes. At any rate, um, so that that's what, that's what was going on um, behind the scenes. Although, it should be noted that after the uh, completion of Sonic 2, uh, Yuji Naka and Sonic Team headed back to Japan because, well, they were having problems working over here. Um, a combination of work visa issues and um, language barriers mm. made the experience of uh, developing Sonic 2 less than uh, satisfactory. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a fun combination. No, it does not. Um, still, the... No, and... Sonic 2 is also renowned for its cut content. Oh, yes. Um, Petty Fan, give them the skinny on that. Okay, they were, I believe, four levels cut from Sonic 2. Let me go Even in the those. final version, it has as many stages as the first game, doesn't it? Um, I believe so. But you also remember they've cut the third acts. Ah, that's true. The same number of zones, but less acts. Yes. And then there's the whole Sonic 2 and Knuckles, which I think together have way more than that, but separately don't. Sonic 3 and Knuckles, I mean. Um, here it is. Yeah. And it's worth noting that... Um, recently, a lot of this content was restored. Yes, by Christian uh, Whitehead. No. Uh, the problem is that version of Sonic 
the Hedgehog 2 only exists on mobile devices. Mm-hmm. You can only pick it up on your phone or your tablet. I'm like, That's I, a little I bit odd. Usually, yeah. usually the tablet version is not the best version of a game, but uh, these are Christian Whitehead is this guy, the same team who's doing uh, Sonic Maniacs, right? That's Mania, upcoming. Mania, yes. Mania. Yeah, there oh, right. is. Maniacs is already a thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Anyway, and that looks because he's uh, they're really good at doing Sonic games, even on a tablet. Yeah, like one of the fully complete um, zones that was left on the cartridge was. Wood Zone for Sonic 2, and I'm trying to find the other ones. This is a foresty type zone? Yes. Also, I guess we should um, also mention there was an 8-bit also, version. Yeah. There, there's an 8-bit, uh, there's a um, Sega Game Gear slash Sega Master System version of Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I Which I think, I, if I recall correctly, it's slightly more like the Genesis version than the Sonic 1 8-bit version is. Uh, sort of. I'll be honest, I don't think I ever played this one. No. Uh, it, you know, it's like, from what, like, I, I believe this one is harder. I'll, I'll be honest, I can't say a lot of that about Sonic the Hedgehog 2 8-bit because I never played it. I played the first one. Me neither. I never, I've never played a Master System. I've never even, I literally, until a few, like, until four or five years ago, didn't even know a Master System was a thing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, I've never played a Game Gear, although I have actually seen one. Yeah, I'm like... I believe this is harder. Like, I'd have to watch a video on it or something. But I wish I could offer more commentary. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, another yeah. was um, Palace Zone that was cut. Egg Gauntlet, I believe, which was I believe a boss rush. Um, Should be interesting. Yes. There was Wood Zone, Palace Zone. I th- I think that's really it. Like at least for the notable ones, there's like some leftovers, you know, different layouts for like green or um what is the green hill zone in this one? Emerald. Um, yeah, Emerald Hill. Yeah, I was Ah, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 8-bit is the one that has the uh, hang glider and the minecart. Ah, there we go. Yep. I think it has a really impossible section from what I'm remembering. I have not played the 8-bit version, so I would not know. Well, one of the issues... One of the the issues with both of the 8-bit ones, I think, is the uh, transition from Master, Master System to Game Gear. Uh, the Game Gear, right, they have the same processing power pretty much, but the Game Gear has a teeny tiny screen. Yeah, so I hope you like your eyes bleeding. Uh, It eats batteries like there's no tomorrow. 
Well, that that's, that's actually a misnomer for now for current batteries because they're much more dense. So you can actually yeah, we've get developed away with better batteries now. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, if you're like still using mid '90s batteries for whatever reason, yeah, it would eat them like crazy. And uh, still, this can Sonic the Hedgehog 2 contains some of the most iconic zones of the franchise. Uh, you know, chief among them, Casino Nights. Like, oh, this yeah. is the game that got the casino zone started. Yeah. Because with the pinball and the slot machines and. Right. And uh, this has been a staple of the Sonic series ever since. Like, Indeed. You know. It, it's not Casino Night, but it's Casino Night if you see one of these levels. Yeah. Here. Like yeah. the Carnival Night Zone is basically Casino Night. Yeah, every Sonic game since then practically has included something. Usually it's sort of night themed, and there are lots of pinball bumpers and stuff, and usually slot machines. I think the only exception to that might be the Sonic Rush games. Might be, because those are very I fast. So it's a, it's a very popular theme since then. Yeah, and um, probably the next on the list is um, the Chemical Plant Zone. <laughs> yeah, that's when it actually made it into Sonic Generations. Yeah, well, Chemical Sonic Plant Zone is very is very iconic. It has really obvious alternate paths and a really uh, even as much as uh, Marble Zone in the first game. Or I think it was Marble Zone. Yes. Anyway, it's definitely one of the stages that will put the fear of the drowning noise into you. Oh, Labyrinth Zone for the drowning noise in Sonic Yeah, Labyrinth one. Zone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Casino Night Zone actually made it into the 3DS version of Sonic Generations. Ah, it did. I have not played that one yet. Yeah. Um, and then there's Metropolis Zone, also known as the Fuck You Zone of the... Uh, of the game. That's the one with the flammable oil, right? No, that's, no, that's oil, oil ocean. That's... Right, oil ocean. The one with the oil. Oil yeah, ocean. Metropolis is after that. Yes. That's the that that's the three act zone. Yeah. Sorry, I'm I, I'm bad at Sonic, so I've never seen most of those except in Let's Plays. <laughs> well, well also Sky Chase gets a special ring in hell, but that's beside the point. Yeah. Well that that doesn't really count as a fucking zone, it doesn't. Eh, it's close enough. True. It's still a pain. I forget, was the, torna was the tornado in uh, Sonic 1? Yes. No. Well, the tornado plane, it was not. Yeah, that's what I meant. No, the tornado is. He, they fly in Sky Chase. In, in Sonic, Sonic 1. 1? I, I was saying, is, is this, is this the game that, that was yeah. introduced in? Yeah, the tornado was introduced in Sonic 2. Well, at least as far as the games are concerned. Let's see, um, music, once again, you know, Sonic 2 provided a lot of iconography. Mm -hmm. um, well, every Sonic game practically has iconic music. Yeah. I mean, Sonic 2 has, like, some of the most famous music pieces. Yeah, as, as shit as 2006 was, it still had some pretty good music. Mm -hmm. Still, I, I wouldn't say it's the most iconic Sonic game when it comes to music. Uh, I give that I give the edge to Sonic 3 and Knuckles, mm -hmm. and surprisingly Sonic 3D Blast. It's amazing. Which version? How, 
um, any version because I'm talking about the music. Well, yeah, like, but there's a Genesis version and a Saturn version. Um, doesn't matter because it's the same music. You know, different quality, yes, but it's the same music. But I'm, uh, what I'm trying to get at is Sonic 3D Blast music shows up in the Sonic series a lot. Oh, yeah. A lot I, more than you think. I'm playing a, some Sonic games and it's like, I've heard this music before. <laughs> oh, right, from 3D Blast. Yeah. Anyway, um, we are getting low on time. This up. So, yeah, basically, Sonic 2 is a really good game. If you want to buy it, I would suggest getting the um, Android iOS version because that is the complete version. And I think it's like a couple bucks or something. It's not that expensive. Oh, I can't see because I've already bought it. Damn you, Android. <laughs> but yeah, it's not expensive. And even with it being on a touchscreen, it still offers full um, Bluetooth joystick support. So... So you can control it without having your fingers all up in the way of everything. Correct. Especially if you have, it like, a tablet like I do, I can just prop it up on a stand, pull up my joystick, my gamepad, and be like, ooh, Sonic 2. Alright, I think that'll do it. Um, indeed. So, that completes the inaugural um, alpha episode of Season 7 of Franklin's of Silicon. Um, not our smoothest performance, I'll be honest. Yeah. But, yeah. We're allowed to be rusty. We're on, a, we're on a new thing and it's been a while. It wasn't, a, it wasn't uh, rust there. It was more, you know, mispronunciations. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, I think uh, you may anyway, excuse so, the mispronounced things uh, that aren't of our native language. You know, uh, thank you for joining us, either live or watching the recorded versions of various uh, areas. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, in the week ahead on Sunday, we have a we have one review of uh, uh, THQ Nordic and King Art Games, uh, the Book of Unwritten Tales Two. It's an adventure game. Um, it's a. It's it looks like it's a really long one too. I believe this was a retail release, so it's you know it, it's a bit longer. It's a fair bit longer than the adventure games we played last year, and the production values are really high too. So, um, more on that on Sunday. It, that's the only review we've got. We may be reviewing Magical uh, Cross Spiral if we ever get the codes. Supposed to get the codes, but we haven't gotten the codes. Mm -hmm. So it goes. Anyway, uh, next week, speaking of long-running guests, um, our good friend Stephen Kick from Night Dive Studios is joining us. Now, um, yeah, expect more long-running jokes to prop up. Mm -hmm. um, we'll be talking about. Uh, the remake, uh, more on uh, hopefully more on Turok 2, Forsaken, um, other stuff they got in the pipeline. 
should be good fun. And on that note, I wish you good gaming. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.